Hey there, cats and kittens. My name is Mike Koff, and welcome to MMA and stuff here right here at halfguarded.com. I said halfguarded.com. Thank you for that rousing round of applause. It wasn't earned, and I'm going to accept it anyways, though, because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm just kind of person that, I mean, here's a, a world full of people clapping for him, thinks to himself, that's for me and all for me. But we're going to be doing everything MMA this week. Not everything, but a lot of things. Previewing, reviewing, all kinds of stuff from uh, from the world of MMA. Just made probably half an hour, 45 minutes. Just keeping the streak alive. And, uh, well, there was a UFC pay-per-view this past weekend. And to say that it didn't go well is probably a bit of an understatement. <clears throat> See, Rod Laver is, I think, a tennis player. I think it is. I honestly think soap. But tennis also works. And then the Rod Laver Arena this past Saturday night, the UFC that is down there in Melbourne, Australia. In the main event, Robert Whitaker defended his middleweight championship of the world against Calvin Gastelum. No, he didn't. No, he did not. He was going to. He made weight. He was all set to fight. And then like three or four hours before the pay-per-view was going to kick off, he went in for emergency surgery for a hernia. Because that's something that happens to 28-year-olds in the prime of their life who've been training and keeping in shape. Hernias. What? How does that happen? What What the hell kind of bad luck is that? And I... Uh, I get that there's, you know, the, the athletes are different and the way that they train is different and that their bodies will, you know, sometimes it'll come across as they seem, they can seem fragile, but the truth is they're putting their bodies under tremendous stress. But god damn, man, a hernia? That's some weird ass luck. And unfortunately, for reasons known only to Gollum himself, Dana White did not create an interim championship. The Israel Adesanya Anderson Silva fight went on in the main event. It was only three rounds, not five. And I know you're thinking, Mike, it seems like it'd be kind of crazy to create a, a, a world championship on a three-hour notice. Even crazier to have two grown men who train for 15 minutes fight 25 minutes. Yeah, but we're well past the point of anything making sense anymore. This is the UFC. They've shucked all the rules off. Nothing to society applies. Cats and dogs living together all that madness. Or they just kind of abuse the shit out of their title policy. Still, yeah, um, the, the, the story was uh, what it could be about four to six weeks, maybe. Matt Damon was telling Dana. Matt Damon, by the way, was at the show. Matt Damon and Thor were at the show. And Matt Damon, I guess, told Dana, for real, told Dana that uh, Hernia can keep you up for four to six weeks. So if we go by, you know, the guy from MIT or Harvard or wherever the fuck he went, and yeah, how about them, uh, not apples, uh, Barbies on the shrimp, shrimp on the bar. How about them shrimp on the Barbie? There we go. Well done, Mike. I need to pull it out. <sighs> so they didn't have a main event. They didn't have anything fight. Uh, Kevin Gastelum grabbed the, uh, someone had a title belt and was saying, I'm the, world, I'm the champion in wrestling. If you make weight and the other guy, if you make weight and the other guy can't compete, you win. And he's like, this is true, probably. This isn't wrestling. 
Uh, you're a fat bunch of dudes. Shouldn't get a title shot in the first place. But, hey, he did the most he could with what he was given, which was nothing. Sucks for him. I mean, again, everybody made weight. Whitaker was professional. Gaston was professional. There was no talk of anybody being weird and stupid. It, it appeared that everybody was professional. Then, you know, shit happens. Like a hernia. Hernias happen, man. It's a serious business. I think you should check yourself for a hernia whenever you can. I don't know if you can check yourself for a hernia. I don't. I kind of looked up what a hernia is. I guess it's like essentially part of your part of your insides come out. I guess it goes through your intestines or some shit like that. I, I shouldn't. I don't really have to guess. I can just look it up. But I'm not going to. And anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's awful. So. I hope for the best for him, and nobody knows what they're going to do with the titles. We know we know what they're going to do. They're going to create an interim t- championship. I don't know why anyone thinks that they won't. Obviously, they will. It'll probably be Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. Or who knows? Who cares? Uh, yeah, in the main event, the new main event, Israel Adesanya beat Anderson Silva by decision. It was three rounds of a fight. Where if there had been a finish, it would have been, like, awesome. It was really dramatic. There were lots of really cool moments. Like, at one point, Adesanya just started teeing off on Solo and punching him in the face. And Anderson says, like, get me some more. And it didn't phase him. Uh, Adesanya tried some big kicks. And Solo just ducked him, like, out of, out of the Matrix. Again, it looked really cool. And both guys kind of, oh, look at that. And it was very dramatic, very dangerous. Like, it was like watching people backflip on, on, on a high wire. But nobody fell. And I came to watch death. And so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's like going to NASCAR if you don't see a car accident. Yes, the people that appreciate racing are happy. It was a good race, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to see somebody get, not injured, but in put in a position where they had to reconsider their life decisions for a second and go, what am I doing? I wanted someone to get like their comeuppance. These guys were playing with fire. No one got burned. Not cool. So uh, I said he got the win. It was a comfortable win. He was, I mean, he just kind of outstruck him a little bit, mostly leg kicks. Yeah, that seemed to be the the big difference is he landed a number of leg kicks and Silva didn't. Um, neither guy did a ton. They kind of, they, again, they preened. It was kind of fun watching, fun to watch. I saw somebody, I think it was from Dead, that that's Barstool, uh, say it's like, a, like, watch Mortal Kombat. And, and Dana White was like, yeah. And I could actually kind of see that. I could see where people growing up playing fighting video games would kind of like it a little bit. It had that feel of like, I keep saying like, they had the feel of Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter 2, where you would be fighting and there'd be a pause as you regrouped. And it was never a complete nonstop continuous action as in a real fight, per se. Just a lot of doing moves. Kind of a, like it, it was kind of like an indie-rific pro wrestling match. They were just out there doing spots. Nothing ever really tied together. And it didn't have the a big finish. Who, why am I? Who kissed you? Fine fight. Glad it happened. Never need to see it again. Anderson Silva said he wasn't going to retire. Whatever. Mando Venata beat Marcos Rosa Mariano with a Kimura in the first round. A Kimura. Yeah, a Kimura. I just, I realized as he did it, I'm like, you don't see Kimuras ever. 
I know Frank Muir hit one on Nogueira, but for the most part, you don't see it. It's a tough move to to to, to pull off in, in a real fight. Guys are too strong. And Venata got it like this is day one. It was blah. Ricky Simon defeated Hani Yaya. That sucked. Montana De La Rosa defeated Nadia Kassim with an arm bar in the second. It was fine. Montana De La Rosa then said later on, like, if they want me to fight better opponents, they're going to need to pay me more. The good news for her is that's generally how the world works. She may not be getting paid as much as she wants because nobody ever does. There's like one guy on the planet who's, and that's Bill Gates walking around going, it's nobody deserves this much money. He's the only guy. There's either people walking around going, I don't deserve to have this much money. Or there's people going, I need, I deserve more. It seems that the only ones who say, I don't deserve this much money are literally one of the five richest people on earth. You have to get that rich before finally a human being goes, you know, this might be a little excessive. I mean, really? I don't know why this reminds me of, uh, in law school, I had a professor that for some reason, and I wasn't the genius that I am now, I should have taken him apart. But he started talking about how it was unnatural for human beings to drink milk. And I've heard this before from my vegan relatives. And it's like, no, it's not. It's literally one of the defining characteristics of a human being is, you know, producing and consume, I don't know, consuming, producing milk in the females. We're mammals. We literally do that. It's like saying it's unnatural for human beings to have hair. No. Or have warm blood. Or whatever else we do as mammals. Now you may say cow milk is different, but come on. Oh no, are, are we exploiting the cows? Really? Have you seen the women? Have you seen the way that society treats human women? Fuck chance you think cows have. Anyways, Montana, chance you think you've got? Nothing. Cool name. Sounds like a porn star though. Or it sounds like a, like a character in a Japanese fighting game. I could see Montana De La Rosa being some sort of like stereotypical cowgirl in Streets of Rage or Virtual Fighter or something like that. Anyway, and Jimmy Crute kicked off the pay-per-view by defeating Sam Alvey with a knockout in second and first round. Kind of a weird deal where he, he dropped Alvey hard. Smiling Sam was done, but he didn't actually land like the, the follow-up shot. Where every time you're watching that guy get knocked out and then they go, oh, he's done. He gets like one shot afterwards. And usually I think to myself, oh, that's awful to watch. That's, oh, he's going to get hurt. This is why they give him that one extra shot. Because he didn't land that punch. Instead, Albie kind of recovered pretty quick. Sort of. But then he just kind of shot for a takedown a little bit. And then he's getting hit inside the head. He actually just put a thumbs up. But he wasn't. Which is fine. It shows that you are alive and you're okay. But he was in the turtle position and he wasn't moving that much. And given what he had just suffered as far as a punch is concerned, probably actually a good stoppage. I don't really have a problem with it. Also, we just spent way more time talking about fucking Sam Alvey fight that anybody cares about. Devontae Smith defeated Dong Hyun Ma by knockout in the first. Shane Young defeated that guy. That guy, that, yeah, no one cares about the rest of the show. So, yeah, that was UFC 234. Um, as a show, it was fine. I enjoyed watching it. Um, pay for it, of course, because then I'd be pissed. But nobody paid for it, and UFC gave everyone a refund if they wanted it in the arena. I don't think I'm paid for you to get a refund. Hey, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Uh, every once in a while, it just goes to shit, and this is what happens. Yeah.
we also had uh we have UFC on ESPN one this Sunday. Yes, UFC on ESPN number one. It's going even though they've been with the company and on ESPN many times. This is their first official car that'll be on main time ESPN. Main evented in by Francis and Gano versus Kyan Velasquez in, I believe it's Phoenix or somewhere thereabouts, where Velasquez wrestled in college. So he'll be the hometown guy. Also, he's brown and fucking Arizona. And Francis Gano is, I mean, he's a big black guy, and Americans love big black guys, but he's also French. And, but he's not really French, and eh. He's got too many pacifiers. He's shown too much of a willingness to not be a brawler. And, People like to see their big black guys being thugs. It's racist. It's racist bug. It's wrong. But it's what human beings are like. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is, you know, that's what they do with Velasquez. They have him be the main event on big first shows. He was the main event there, of course, famously. Facing off with Junior Dos Santos in the first ever UFC on Fox show when he and got knocked out in the first round. When he fought when he was desperately injured, but he's like, hey, I got to fight. This is a big deal. He didn't have a rotator cuff. He hasn't fought in many, many years now, and he'll be coming back to fight a big, strong hit striker. So will history repeat itself? I don't know. It's Velasquez. Who even knows what he is, who he is anymore as a fighter? It's kind of sad. It's the greatest. I think that him and Dominic Cruz would go one-on-one neck and neck, dick for dick, for careers most ruined by injuries. And both are outstanding world-class fighters with impressive resumes. But Velasquez here has fought once in 2016, once in 2015, and then he got to go all the way back to October 2013. I was married. I was married in October 2013. I've been divorced and divorced long enough since then that it's sad that I still talk about it. Yeah, he's had two fights in that time. It's sadder for me to reference a divorce than it is for Velasquez. No, actually, sadder for him to reference his second most recent win. Anyway, the point is, this guy's amazing. He hasn't fought forever. He got tapped out by Verdum. That happens. I don't know what that was all about, up in altitude and some shit. Then he came back and fought Travis Brown. Uh, who knows? It's Velasquez. He, if he's on, he's on. He's great. He does everything well. He should steamroll Ngano. Ngano doesn't know how to wrestle. He has legendarily essentially refused to learn to wrestle. I'm sure he's doing it now a little bit, but Velasquez is a different beast. Anybody can get caught. Ngano can catch anyone. If he hits anybody, he's so big and strong. Then get knocked out. But the odds are in Velasquez's favor for a reason. I don't actually know what they are. I don't actually know if they are in his favor. I can't imagine that he is not the betting favorite. But stranger things have happened. I've had sex with more than two women and less than 50. Fewer than fifty. See, you know it was. A, you know I'm lying because I couldn't get the verb agreement trick. I don't know what that is. And the semi-main event of the show, James Vick, yep, takes on Paul Felder. Unfortunately, I don't think Paul will be doing commentary earlier in the in the evening. It's too bad. I hope he doesn't get hurt. I hope he wins. James Vick. Vick was one of those guys that for like the longest time was like fifteen and one or something like that. Some crazy. Uh, 13-1. Okay, and then he just lost his last fight to Justin Gage. He got knocked out August of 2018. Otherwise, you know, 13-1, the knockout to Benil Del Rouge, knockout to Justin Gage. Otherwise, decent wins over his career. Polo Reyes, Joseph Duffy, Abel Trujillo, Jake Matthews. James Vick is legit. 
Paul Felder, also legit. Lost to Mike Perry, split decision last time, but beat Charles Oliver, beat Stevie Ray, uh, beat Josh Berkman, always an impressive victory. What's his face? Uh, recently beat Josh Berkman. Uh, Anthony Smith. No, no, I'm sorry. He lost to Josh Berkman. Yeah, uh, you would imagine that on the feet, Felder wins. On the ground, Vic wins. I think Vic is stronger on the ground. Okay, I would say I think Vic is stronger on his feet than Felder is on the ground. And I think that there are other disciplines, if you will, negate each other. Neither one of them is a is a natural wrestler. They're both what I would say like guys who kind of learned it for MMA. Felder, more of a striker background. Vic is just kind of one of those guys that's done everything. He's so long and tall, and I always see him as more of a, a grappler for that reason, which is weird. Because actually, he should be like a striker, but he seems to, you know, uses his size well, does okay in the clinch. Felder's powers, some weird shit. I want to pick Paul Felder. He trains with my guys up there in Duke Group. I've been there at that fucking school in years. I should probably stop pretending. Uh, yeah, you know, he's got a local connection. Not really local. He just trains nearby ish. James Vick probably does too. Uh, they're, all, they're all white guys. I'm sure I'm related to them somehow. Because all white people are the same. Yeah, I think uh, James Vick's going to win. I want Paul Felder, too, however. That's my pick. I want Paul Felder, too, but I think James Vick will if you're betting on this. No one gives a shit. According to Casey, takes on Cynthia Calvijo. I like Cynthia for whatever reason. Because probably because she's 31, I think she looks like she's 12. Only got the one loss in the UFC. Oh, he's put on a decent enough performance. Courtney Casey. Uh, I think she was the one that got like, the, the bullshit... Um, pot te- failure in Texas at one time when she didn't actually fail, that they said she failed. I was... <laughs> Calvillo is... didn't have the losses that Courtney Casey... But Casey just came off that win over Angela Hill, and that ain't no joke. I, like, I'm like. i going to go with Courtney Casey, even though I think Calvillo... It's just because of her age. If she was younger, I would pick... I would bet on her. But as with all things involving women, the older they get, the less use they have for me. Bruce Leroy takes on Cron Gracie. Now, this is a big one. This is Cron Gracie's debut. Not really that big of a fight. Cron Gracie is the son of Hickson Gracie, the grandson of Alio Gracie. And apparently, according to some random account on Twitter, this will be the 5,000th UFC fight, which is pretty cool. To have it be, you know, a Gracie in the 5,000. But, like, that's, if they can actually, if it actually does line up that way, totally awesome. Otherwise, they should just scrap a bunch of other fights and make the main event 5,000. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, Kron, obviously, a jiu-jitsu world champion, an amazing grappler, one of the great grapplers you find on the planet. Transition to MMA, done well so far, undefeated. He's fought like you'd expect, which is... Barely passable on the feet, just trying to get in tight. Favors everything he wants. It seems to be the body lock. Will go off his. Will go. Will, will go. Uh, fights off his back willingly. Uh, he's finishing everybody, tapping out everybody in a round or two. It's Japan, though, so it's like 10, 12 minutes. In. But competition's been okay. Hideo Takoro and Tetsuya Kawajiri, the most recent two wins. He's only 4 0. Those are good wins. They're not like they're healing. They're not jokes. They're the kind of fights where you go, oh, okay, that's a real fight. Or those guys could be in the UFC, so to speak. 
but still, it's Japan and it's a Gracie, and you never, I never have a clue how anything over there goes. Kron shows a lot of athleticism, the kind of things you look for when seeing a guy make a transition. Still, the days of the days of high-level grapplers doing well in MMA seem to be gone, but I also think that there's a possibility of a place for a guy like that for a while at least. You know, Damian Maya does it, um, so why not Kron Gracie? Probably won't have as much success as Damian Maya, but if he has anywhere near that, that's a pretty good career. And being the son of Hickson Gracie, the legend, the legend Alio Gracie, that's pretty cool. A lot of pressure there. Bruce Leroy, no, no pressure on Bruce Leroy, which is the best thing for him. That dude could be fun as shit. He's actually somebody that will probably, Kron will probably get the win because I can see him just coming out there and Bruce is just too loose. Bruce is too loose. <laughs> but no, like he just kind of tries, he'll be trying a little too much funny, flashy shit. A little too many kicks, not setting it up, just kind of having fun. And I think Kron is good enough that he might just get it down and the grappling that he possesses is just at such a different level that a guy like, not that a guy like Alex Caceres can't eventually get there or can't eventually defend it, but it's it's just kind of, I don't think Caceres will have trained with that many guys or, or who've ever been close to Kron's level, you know, let alone regularly train with them. So I think it's going to be a, a big step up there, but it's also just, you know, Kron's great. And Bruce Leroy's got the body that is begging to be submitted. Just long legs, long arms, long neck, long John Silver. It's cool. Yeah, hope it's a good fight. Brian Barbarina takes in Vincente Luque. Welterweight. Brian Barbarina still fucking fighting? Is that... That's really... Jeez, it's been on forever. Um... I don't care about this fight. Andre Feely takes on Miles Jury. Uh, two skinny guys. Tashi Feely has got a weird tattoo. I don't like the neck tattoo he's got. I, and for that reason, I hope he loses. It's really... Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. He's got the weird ear ones. Yeah. I hope he loses just for that reason. I'm 100% telling the truth. That's it. It's a shallow reason to not like someone. I should... I wish I was someone that had more substantive reasons to pick against people. But I don't, and I don't think most people do. They just pretend like they do, but I don't. I just don't like the way his fucking ears look. Screw him. Speaking of the way people look, Jimmy Rivera takes an Aljamain Sterling. This could be racist. Um, Aljo. This is like a Jersey thing. Jimmy Rivera's weird because he's Puerto Rican, and now he looks like it because he's shaved his head. But when he didn't shave his head, every time he fought, he just looked like a regular dude from Jersey, like a Guido. And then only later on, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you are Puerto Rican. They kind of look like that. You know how you know how those people are. Now, Jermaine is black. In case you're keeping track. And in case you couldn't figure out what ethnicity Al Jermaine came from. I'm Michael Patrick. You can guess what ethnicity I am, too. It It's not necessarily racist to point these things out, people. Because I'm not assigning a value to either one of them. What would you rather be called, Al Jermaine or Michael? Man, Michael. Like, I look, I'm the kind of guy that at the heart of everybody's story, like, when you walk in a room, like, and he looked like that, I'm the guy that they looks like. And people, every time people look at what's gone wrong in their life, it's somebody like me. They, even, though, even if they were mugged by a black guy, nobody goes, that's where my life went wrong. 
the life went wrong when some guy like me showed up and I date raped them. Not me, some guy that looks like me does that, or I sold them a bad mortgage. I screwed them over on a, on, you know, a lawsuit. I didn't diagnose them properly, whatever. Like people that look like me really ruin lives. So don't tell me that just because I point that out that I'm, it's a good thing. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <coughs> Benito Lopez takes in Manny Bermudez. I don't know. Ashley Evan Smith takes in Andrea KGB Lee, friend of the show. Wait, her career's really gone places. It has. Um, she's another one that's not allowed to fight on cards with uh, domestic assaulters. It's true, uh, I guess. I hope she wins. I really like her. Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman takes on Nick Lentz. Carney's still going strong. All righty. Hannon Burrell. Wow. Headlines the ESPN Plus preliminary card against Luke Sanders. Just wow. Luke, Luke Sanders? The big, tall, goofy dude from fucking uh, Ultimate Fighter, I think he was. Was he? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking somebody else. Who cares? I don't care. I'll Jessica Penne takes on Jody Escabel. Escabel looks like a, her name looks like uh reminds me of horses. And Alexander Albu versus oh Alexandra Elbu Albu versus Emily Whitmire. Alexander Albu was born in 1990. Oh, she was she's from Russia. Oh, born in Moldovian SSR USSR. Lives in Russia. She's Moldovian, Romanian, and shit by birth. She's she's done bodybuilding and CrossFit. She is three and zero with huh? That's weird. She had one fight in Russia, Mother Russia. Now she's had two fights in the UFC, and she's won them both. Just beat Kaylin Kaylin Curran, which is a kind of real fighter. Um. This feels like some sort of. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, Moscow, Poland, the one in California. Albo is currently a student at the Academy of Intellectual Property. Her nickname, Stitch, comes from the fictional character Stitch from the movie Lilo and Stitch. Or because she's a big fan of that. I don't know. I'm thinking some sort of Putin payback. Yeah. Anyways, that's your preview. And we've done the review. There was a little bit of news to to quickly get through in the in the week, <clears throat> the week that was. Donald Cerrone says he's going to fight Conor McGregor for an interim title at lightweight. Huh. <sighs> and they might fight, but this is pro- this probably has something to do with the uh, report. Dana White says Khabib for Mega Madoff can't sit out until the end of the year with the lightweight title. Yeah, they're totally creating an interim title for Conor's next fight. They're going to use the excuse with Khabib and the Athletic Commission. Honestly, at this point, do we even know if Khabib is aware of what the Athletic Commission ruled? I'm pretty sure isn't his uh, one of his managers, Ali. And if Aladdin is your manager, he may have just been making up all this stuff. Khabib may be sitting back there in Dagestan going, you know, I, I really, I think I, I'd love to pay my fine. I just wish they'd tell me what it is. I acted dishonorably, and my father pointed out that the, uh, that's not how a proud man should behave, and I've disgraced my family, my heritage. Ollie, can you make sure you you, you uh, tweet that for me? And Ollie's like, yeah, dear Nevada, suck my Russian balls. And you're like, come on, man. So yeah, so um, it doesn't matter. 
if they take the title from Khabib, they just fight again. All you're doing is ruining your titles. But we've been over this before. Uh, by the way, Dan said, guys can't sell that, wait that long to have the title. You can't do it. So if that's true, he's going to do that. Then we have to figure something else out. You start looking at whether it's Connie or Connor or Tony or somebody else. <clears throat> Whatever. So anyway, Cerrone said that he he, he wants to fight Connor, for, and it's going to be for the title. He said for, he Instagrammed uh, something about interim title. I don't know. I, I hope they fight, and I guess then it'll be for a title. I guess we could have Khabib and Cerrone in theory. There's a fight I didn't think I would ever see for a UFC lightweight unification belt. Unification bout, you dumb shit. We shall see in the days, weeks, and months to come. Amanda Nunez is going to do something here. Chris Cyborg talks to Amanda Nunez rematch. Oh, yeah. Um, Cyborg is out there. She says she wants to go to WWE. There, I saw some bullshit thing where somebody's saying that Ronda won't do anything if Cyborg's involved. I don't know what any of that is. I also don't care. Cyborg had some comment that I saw in passing that to the effect that if the UFC gets rid of the featherweight division, it's effectively ended her career there. So I'm glad she's been paying attention to the fact that she literally was the division. So she's right. If they cut the division, they cut her. Okay, her and Megan Anderson. Whatever, Cyborg. Look, you have a job in a company for years, and you didn't deserve it. You got to beat up a bunch of people. You're a steroid cheat. And the first time you fought anyone even approximating a real fighter near your weight, you got knocked the fuck out. Shut up. Yeah, shut up, all right? Daniel Cormier. Now, this is good. <clears throat> and this is why fighters are the way they are. The headline goes... Daniel Cormier, dealing with injuries, pushes back retirement date. March 20th was supposed to be the end of the road for Daniel Cormier. That's the day Cormier turns 40, and he publicly mapped out a path that would see him retire this year and move on from the rigors of combat sports. With three, with three title fights in 2018, which is pretty fucking impressive, including a win in def and defense of the heavyweight, blah, 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 blah. However, as of today, Cormier does not have his next fight scheduled. His body has been cooperating, and he told Luke Thomas on the MMA Hour that it's his back that's been giving him problems lately after years of wear and tear, as well as the unavoidable problems that come with age. Courtney said, I hurt my back in New York City when I sneezed. This was no joke, and it's just still trying to rehab and get it better. It was just me hurting my back. I put a lot of miles on myself and my life with the wrestling. But then last year was a big year, and you don't get to have that type of year at my age, not really feel the effects of it. And I'm still going through that right now. Cormier went on to provide an injury, blah, 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 blah. Um, last year, uh, if you thought, if, if that thing with blah, I'm trying to find the thing where he says he's going to put off retiring. I think Lesnar may be the next fight. Uh, because of my injuries, I'm just not available to fight. If I was available to fight, I probably would have fought Stipe already, but I'm just not available to fight right now. We'll see what happens with Lesnar, and then we'll address that. I think maybe Lesnar, again, I've always said, yeah, I'll fight Stipe again. It's just the same exact thing. According to Cormier, UFC, UFC officials did what they could to accommodate his retirement plans, and they looked to book him at the UFC 235 on March 2nd, but he, quote-unquote, wasn't able to do it because of the injuries and the recovery. 
asked who he might have fought, Cormier said an opponent was never locked in. Oh, yeah, gee, I wonder who. Anyways, yeah, what's great is that Daniel Cormier was going to retire, and he's putting up his retirement because he's too injured. Daniel Cormier can't stop fighting because he's too injured to stop. He is too injured to stop fighting. I'm thinking maybe Daniel should, you know, remember the point of retirement. This is a sign. When you've been telling God, hey, I was going to retire on this day, and that day comes, and God's like, yeah, actually, you can't walk because you broke your back from sneezing. You should look at that and go, oh, looks like, uh, looks like I nailed the date. Went out on a high note. The big guy said, you're done. And I'm going to take the fact that I blew my back out sneezing. There's a reason why I should retire. Instead, he's going to rehab and get beat up by Brock Lesnar. Because Daniel Cormier's life does not end. I should say life. His career does not end on a high note. Speaking of ending on a low note, PFL suspends Josh Copeland indefinitely after arrest for domestic violence. Josh Copeland. Uh, so, oh, he's, the police said Copeland did not remember punching his wife. So, wow, his mugshot looks like a smiling teddy bear with blood on the side of his face. Whatever, he lost his million-dollar chance. Thank goodness he apparently did not win a million dollars in the PFL headweight tournament. So just to remind you, everybody, uh, women are victims everywhere. You should look out for them. I I don't want to downplay that. Oh, oh, yes, there was some talk uh, also in addition to Connor and... Cerrone for an interim championship that Connor said that he would fight Nate in the main event if they agreed to have Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz in the semi-main event in Curitiba, Brazil. Okay. Sure. Just. Let's just make the Connor's just making this stuff up. We all supposed to sit here and talk about it. I'm not going to do it. Fuck it. Oh, also uh, this weekend we have two uh, Bellator shows. One of them's uh, Matt Mitrione fighting Sergey Harikanov. That's a fucking fight that people wanted to see. I mean, what the fuck, people? Honestly, what the fuck is that? And uh, but there's also um, another show from which we can call it that place. Um, oh, you've heard of it. Uh, England, where they're going to have MVP face Paul Daly. This will only be on DAZN, unfortunately. Not Paramount, just DAZN. Although I will say that I'm very happy to learn that I now get Fox Sports 2. After years of not having it, finally, with it being no good to me, I get it. <sighs> Yeah, uh, Bellator 216, I think it is. And I'm going to get the official card. Shut up. I had it here before. Yeah, so 215 is... Oh, where is it? Do we want to say St. Louis? I want to say it was it's St. Louis. Oh, fuck me, man. MVP and Paul Daly is in Uncasville, Connecticut. Not in... That's weird. But for sure, it'd have to be overseas. You have MVP Michael Page in the main event, which is kind of cool. Flashy MVP versus 
The dickhead who doesn't want to fight on the ground in MMA. Check Congo versus Vitaly Minikoff, the last heavyweight champion that they had before they crowned Brian Bader. And Mirko Krokop fights Roy Nelson. Krokop is completely on the gas. He's absolutely abusing. He is using some sort of substance in his body that is not permitted under strict WADA drug testing guidelines. Like he would not pass a drug test in the Olympics for boxing. I say that, and if they want to sue me for that, give me some of your blood to go along with it, buddy. He looks jacked. And he's older than ever. As we all are, if you haven't noticed. We all are older than we've ever been. Yeah, Roy Nelson's got to be a come on. Eric Silva also makes his, I think it's his promotional debut. Uh, not a bad show. If you had zone, it'd be something you'd watch for free. If you don't have zone, nobody's going to fucking order the stupid, surf, stupid service. Such a kind of piece for ESPN+. Plus, but I feel like that's okay because it's ESPN, and that's kind of cool. Um, Nick Diaz. Oh, somebody asked if I apply for any jobs or if I just made any pot runners all day. I did. Um, Nick Diaz said, uh, I think, while engaging in some alcoholic beverages is friend. Am I just reading what something Diaz said on Instagram? Uh, fuck all this. I don't want to hurt nobody. I just want to party. Oh, I did an entire story on that. And then I did a whole, wow. Man, this is how lazy media is, isn't it? Isn't it a shame? You guys deserve more than this. Nah, I'm just kidding. You don't. Anyway, yeah, and that's really all the uh, MMA news. Yeah, the last of the MMA news was uh, Nick Diaz getting drunk or high on Instagram. Hey, not every week they can sell a company, right? Uh, and, and any kind of stuff related. Um, Elizabeth Warren has been outed as a faker. Well, I guess we already knew that she was a liar. Oh, Lizzie, who, you know... Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas. This is the problem. Anytime you talk about this stuff, you like get tribal about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it turns out that Liz, Elizabeth Warren declared herself eligible to be president of the United States. She's going to run for president, her and everyone else. And at the same time, in I guess the mid-80s, when she applied for the Texas State Bar, she herself, in her own handwriting, listed her ethnicity as American Indian. So, yeah, she's in trouble. I don't know. I, I don't know why she's running. I'm, obviously, she's not going to win or get the nomination. I don't know what the point is otherwise. the I'll tell you this much. And I don't know why, but it's that uh, I think it's Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. She's the one that could just take it all. And here's why, everyone. Settle in children for some random shit I'm saying. My theory is, is that Donald Trump's biggest advantage in the last one was Midwestern type of states and... He's not going to win the coast. They're all more animated, blah, blah, blah. Klobuchar, though, will appeal to people like my mother. And if you can drive away some of them, they can hurt Trump there. You know, I can just see a lot of a lot of women just going, oh, look at her. She's nice. And she's a woman, but she's a Midwestern woman. And she's got an education at Yale, you know, that school. It's good school. You haven't heard. But yeah, um, nobody cared. So Elizabeth Warren, I don't know what you're doing. Kamala Harris said that she smoked weed in college, but she did it while she was listening to Snoop Dogg and Tupac. 
The problem is, is that she graduated college like five years before either one of them ever had an album come out. I don't look. I I don't. It's a stupid. It's one of those weird things where it's kind of a lie. It's it's a lie in the sense of it's not true. But I'm guessing she probably just you know smoked pot, listened to Snoop Dogg some other time. Who hasn't? The first thing you do when you smoke weed ever is go. I gotta listen to Snoop Dogg. You go. This makes sense now. Same with Pink Floyd. Suddenly you go, oh, I get it. Yeah, um, I don't, I get that people have to like talk about this stuff. It's weird because I don't see this being a thing at all. But somebody, some PR person, like, you're going to have some sort of saying and you don't want to, but she kind of like tries to be like, hey, I, I inhaled. And I get she's, what she's really trying to just do is be folksy and relatable. The problem is this shit is, and I guess that's probably why it's important. Because it shows that she's not relatable. Like, if I was to say something like that, I would say something for real. Like, yeah, I was in an undergrad in Iowa, and I was listening to White Stripes a lot. And people would be like, yeah, it looks like that. They had, like, two albums during that time. I know they had at least one. Like, the first one was my freshman year. 2001? Maybe? Red Blood Cells? The point being is that they've had more than they had albums out around that time. You'd be like, okay, yeah, that, that checks out. The dude was a fan of the right band at the right time. Or anything. And also, it's also authentic. It's something I really like. I don't know what she's doing. Does she think this is what people want to hear? Or, again, maybe it's just the way memories get created. And most of us have these things. And I would bet that 99% of people say something just like that all the time. But they don't get called on it because we don't remember. We don't see it. Or we haven't until recently. I'm actually surprised when people get caught on stuff like that on the Internet. Just because, in general, when I write stuff, Somebody's going to laugh at this, fuck you, but it's true. In general, I always have some idea of, like, if it's true. Like, if I'm going to, like, stick it to someone on something, I try to be accurate on that, or at least have some sort of basis for it. I wouldn't lie. I'm not a liar. That, oh, by the way, that uh, guy from Empire, the gay black guy that said he was a hate crime here in Chicago, yeah, there's still nothing on that. He's doing some interview, I think, tonight, where he's going to save and more. Please don't have anyone. There's no video footage of any of this. The whole story just is weird. He's very dramatic in the the interview when I saw a little bit like, who would make this up? Who would lie? Which, that's not a thing. And Okay, I think that there will say people are persuaded by rationality, people by emotion. It's not negative either way. What he's saying is an appeal to emotion, and there's nothing wrong with that because on some weird level, like, yeah, most people don't lie about this. The amazing thing about the Me Too movement has been that, like, the shocking lack of misses. Just, like, none. There's been, like, nobody where you're like, yeah, that guy's career got ruined unfairly. The closest, I think, was, like, Chris Hardwick. And even then, it was more like, dude's kind of a kinky dick, but it was a consensual kinky dick thing. You're not seeing too many guys just out and out totally lying about. Maybe Brett Kavanaugh? (laughs) But even him, no. So it's it's weird. But at the same time, yeah, people lie about this stuff. If for no other reason, we know that it happens at least once in a while. And yeah, people lie about being victims of hate crimes. People want fame. I don't know. You're an actor. The problem is you can't, you know, who would lie about this? Well, lots of people lie about lots of things. Six million Jews and another six million undesirables were killed by the German people in World War II. You think that I can't believe that an actor would lie about shit for attention? And you walked around with a rope around your neck? It's such a weird hate case. The whole thing is, 
the game. Look, dude, you're being treated like this because we respect what you might have gone through. Because right now, there's a lot more evidence that you've just made this all up. But the fact is, is that we don't treat those. Like, even like women that are that falsely accused men of rape, most of the time, nothing happens to them. We get them treatment or whatever because we go, really, it's not who would lie about this. It's if you would lie about this, what does that say about you? And I think when somebody's like, hey, who would lie about this? It's like, well, buddy, you, you would. You're telling the world in a weird, un- un- unintentional way that you're a bad guy. And frankly, Justin Smollett, and I don't really know if that's his name. But frankly, I hope that you're not a bad guy. That said, now your options are either he's a bad guy or he's a victim of a hate crime. Either way, the world is not, not going to be better off. It's not better off like uh, when you get engaged or something. All that thing about engagement, people give each other engagement rings. Like, hey, baby, I love you. Here's $5,000 to put on your finger in case any would-be mugger is looking for an easy target. I know you're small and can't defend yourself, but I want to make sure that when I'm not around, everyone knows that I'm still kind of there. I'm not insecure or anything. I mean, you wouldn't like tell somebody I love you and tape Wagyu beef to him and throw him to the shark pool. It's some weird, elaborate, long-term murder plot. Whatever. That's, that's why he's lying. Because engagement rings are weird. And then there was one final story we'll close on from uh, this website we'll open. It's from Florida. I was literally just like, I need a story from Florida. And it's not loading. Basically, a dude boned his dog and recorded himself. And he got caught. He got arrested. He got arrested because he videotaped himself having sex with a dog. I don't know how... I don't know how that works at all. Oh, boys, there's a lot of weird stuff, stuff there. Like, there's all kind of weird shit we do sexually. Like, the animal ones, like, you can convince yourself on some weird level, like, like the pedophiles. I'm like, well, at least it's human beings. And you're like, all right, you're getting, you're all twisted up. But it's a cow. Right? You know, or, or a donkey. What? Like, how do you pick an animal? I mean, I, I presume, obviously, just whatever convenient, I would imagine. But do you say no? Are you like only pigs? If somebody offers you a sheep, do you say, ew? Anyway, you ever know some of those movies? I always have to think at the end of the thing, uh, no animals are harmed in the making of this movie. That can't always be true. There has to have at least one time been something bad that happened to an animal. Some dog must have got a cold. Or somebody must have broke a leg. Just the law of averages. And I've never seen anybody ever list the injuries. It's bullshit. I want to see. Rest in peace to the two lassies we lost. Sorry, Mr. Ed didn't make it. Anyways, don't have sex with animals. And if you do, for goodness sake, don't videotape it. You think you're going to be a star? You wanted to relive it? You wanted to make sure you caught all the details? For your diary. You don't want to accidentally forget something. 
just just in case somebody didn't believe this really happened, you've got proof. And what are you going to do? You let those people vote. And they keep fucking it up. <sighs> and that's all my time for this week, everyone. So until next time, I'm Mike Offlin. You take care. Come back here. MMA and stuff. Halfguarded.com.